Well, I'm going to um, teach uh, something super important tonight. Before that, I had some things on my heart uh, that I just wanted to take a moment uh, to just kind of be pastoral about, okay? Part of the role of a pastor, um, shepherd, is to lead, to guide, to feed, to guard. And sometimes that means making sure that uh, we're not drifting off and eating weird grass. Amen. Or smoking it, you know, so. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I was reading some things the other day that were commentary by some pretty known uh, ministers regarding the uh, tornadoes and so forth that happened last week. And I hope you're praying for those folks, okay? And this one minister, and it just grieved me. And I was going to write him right away. I was going to call him, but I don't have his number. Uh, But he said that the storms were the finger of God. And he quoted some scripture. And how many of you know that God, God can do anything? Okay. And God, he can make a storm. He can make whatever he wants. And the big thing with this brand of teaching is the sovereignty of God. But what you must know is God is sovereign. But God is good. And he limits himself to his sovereign word. Get that. He limits himself to his sovereign word. And he has told us in there, he's lined some things out as far as this is what I do and this is how I am and, and otherwise. Uh, but if every storm is the finger of God, then why did Jesus calm storms? Then we read in John 10, 10, who, who comes to steal, kill, destroy? Okay. That's the thief. Jesus said, I'm coming that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And you, and you have to know that scripture reveals that, that creation is in turmoil. Creation is groaning. Uh, it's groaning, longing for the coming of things to be restored. And it's groaning because it's out of whack because sin. Not because of individual sin, but because of sin. Because sin came in and, and corrupted. Original sin and the bulk of sin thereafter. So don't, don't be quick to say, well, that happened to them because they had sin. If sin is the basis of something coming to you, look out. Okay, And so it's important that we understand this. The danger of this. Well, let me back up. The same, same people that espouse this doctrine also pray for, for, they pray for protection and they rejoice when they're safe. And to me, that's too all over the map. So I'm going to ask God to protect me from his finger. And I'm going to rejoice if he spares me. That, that, if that was an earthly father, he'd be arrested. He wouldn't be trusted. And the caution is, if you embrace that, that every bad thing that comes along is for the glory of God. If you embrace that, then this, this is the danger of this. And I don't know why everything happens. I don't. I don't have the answers for everything, but I have enough light from Scripture to see this. And it offends me. It offends me that 
someone to say and write that off for other people. That was the finger of God that came through and did all of that. Because here's the danger of this. First of all, that people won't trust God. And second of all, they will embrace and give license to the enemy to come and go and steal from their lives. And then all, all the while say, well, it's for the glory of God. And it's not for the glory of God. Are you hearing me? That's not for the glory of God. So I want to tell you something. I want you to look me in the eye. God is good. I said he is good. He is sovereign. He is all powerful. He has. Scripture shows he's created storms. He's able to do some things. Uh, and there are a lot of things I don't understand how things happen, why things happen. I don't know that. But I do know this about the character, the nature, the intent of our Father God that he's a good God. He's a good, he is sovereign. But he is good and he's limited himself to a sovereign word. Pray for protection. Trust God. Pray for those that for whatever reason have gone through some things. And don't you dare try to be their judge. Okay? So I just want to share that with you tonight real quick. All right. Thank you, Lord. Uh, We're in our real life series. And we're going to, over the next few weeks, get into something. uh, It's going to come right down your row. Okay? This is going to get every one of us here. Let me give you a little bit of background. In uh, the fourth century, anybody remember that? (laughs) Fourth century, there was a Greek monk, uh, Evagrius Ponticus. We were going to name one of our boys that. (laughs) We were afraid there'd be too many Evagriuses in their (laughs) kindergarten class, you know. Evagrius Ponticus, and he came up with a thing called the eight evil thoughts. Over time, there were different variations and renderings of this. And then in 1590, or excuse me, 590 AD, Pope Gregory I revised that list. And then over the years, there were other revisions through the years and came up with what has been called the seven deadly sins. The seven deadly sins. They're also called the capital vices or the cardinal sins. And what we're going to do is break down these sins and look at a number of things here. Now, first of all, the seven deadly sins, we need to know this. Sin is sin. And sin is the problem. And sin ruins anything that it touches. Uh, And Jesus came because of sin. Jesus is the answer. I said Jesus is the answer. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. So if there's seven deadly sins, well, there's more than that. Sin is sin. The wages of sin is death. Death means separation here, separation from God. But, everybody say but. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we see that sin is sin and sin brings forth death and separation from God and the things of God. But here's the good news. Remember, we stay on the right side of the bud around here. Okay. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So Jesus is the answer for sin. The reality is that any sin is deadly. Any sin can bring about that separation. But also the reality is that some some sins seem to lead the way for other sins. You notice that? There's some sins that if they're in your life, they make way for others in, in your life. And it seems that some sin more profoundly impacts 
and limits your spiritual growth. It hinders things. It breaks things. It ruins things. It corrupts things. It seems that there are some that really pack a punch. And so we're going to break these down pretty much in line with what they call the seven deadly sins. Now, let me show you what we're going to do. We're going to define and discuss a sin. We're going to define and discuss it. We're going to, the one we take tonight, I'm actually going to do this week and next week. We're going to work on because it's a biggie. Okay, And I, I have not conveyed any of this information with the worship team. And some of the things that they uh, sang tonight and declared tonight really fit toward the other end of this, which is this. We want to move from the sin to a godly virtue. So I don't want to just talk about sin. I want to talk about where we go to. Uh, you know, what are we trying to move toward as we move away from and overcome uh, this sin in our life? So one of the sins considered to be most serious. And this is a biggie, folks, okay? Uh, and the hardest to deal with, and it is a root for a whole lot of other things is the sin of, you ready for this? We're going to put this on the screen here. Pride. Say it. Pride. Pride. And listen to me right up front. If you try to ignore this message and project it on other people, that's pride. Okay? So we want to take it for ourselves. And the, the godly virtue that we would be after, can anybody guess? Humility. So a big and deadly, ugly, stinking sin is pride. And what we want is the opposite in our life. This is what God will honor as we move toward and it gets developed in our life, humility. Everybody say humility. Interesting that, that uh, in a number of places where this word pride is used, New Testament, the Greek word for it is hubris which uh, we're familiar with and we see all the time on TV, on TV, politics, entertainers, uh, sports figures all over the place, and uh, religion, and, and we want to get this out of our lives and have humility in our life. Amen? All right. Pride, uh, let's look in Proverbs sixteen eighteen. It said, pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. Now let's, let's, let's see what the risk here is. Pride goes before destruction. That word in the Hebrew means breaking, fracture, shattering, crushing, crashing. And I want you to know that pride goes before destruction. We do not want destruction in our lives. I said we do not want destruction in our lives. Okay. I'm going to put a lot into this. I want you to put a lot into this because there's some, there's some takeaway for us tonight on this. This is important that we get this. Now, pride is the only disease known to man that makes everyone else sick except the person who has it. True. And the devil is the personification of pride. He modeled pride. Pride originates with the devil. When he was Lucifer, he exhibited pride. And pride goes before destruction. 
and a haughty spirit before a fall. And my, what a fall he had. So it originates from the devil. There are wrong models that we also have in our life that come out of that. Uh, because he would originate and influence in it, that in lives. Guess what we learn as we grow up? We learn pride. Yes. How many of you have had people uh, model pride for you before? Mike, I think we got an extra mic somewhere open or something. No, I got new batteries. <clears throat> and I'm not spitting. And I'm all plugged in. Okay, ignore it. They'll fix it. Okay? If not, I'll just holler. Years and years ago, last century, I actually was in a um, Christian music group. We were traveling all over the place. And we were in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania for a meeting. And um, uh, his name just slipped me, but he was one of the old timers in Pentecost. And the power went out. And he preached for over an hour with a flashlight. No sound system and just a flashlight. And just stood there. It was scary. It was scary. But it's pretty incredible. But I'll do it. I'll scare you. I don't care. You know. <laughs> Pride uh, gets passed on to us. It gets modeled that way. Um, patterns, wrong definitions. In uh, the high call that's currently currently posted right now, uh, I also saw. Uh, I also stated in there how sometimes manhood has been wrongly defined. And so we've been told that a man can't be this and a man has to be that. And a man never cries. And a man is never tender. I want you to know those are wrong definitions. Those are wrong definitions. And so pride ends up in the picture somehow. And we... we, Should I go to another mic or... Give me a handheld here. Well, either that or I'll stand still. But if I stand still, I can't. I can't talk. Thank you. All right, are we on now? Yeah. Oh, this is like warm too. <laughs> Sometimes we are prideful because we've been taught to be prideful. We've been taught to act in certain ways, respond in certain ways. Uh, carry ourselves in certain ways, treat people in certain ways, in prideful ways because it was modeled for us. And you need to know that all of that originated with the devil. And if that was in your family, uh, you say, I was born into that. Well, guess what? You're in a different family now. You've been born again into the family of God. And so now we emulate our father. Okay. And we're, we're to be more and more like him. And uh, he will help us with this. Um, pride, if you think about it, pride reduced the highest angels of heaven to devils. But humility can raise fallen flesh and blood to become children of God. And so humility is what we need in our life. And we're going to see this over and over this week and next week too. That the way up is down. You hear me? The way up is down. It's a law. And so as we humble ourselves, we'll be lifted up. If we lift ourselves up, we'll be 
will be humbled in this. Um, but pride goes before destruction, haughty spirit before a fall. I'm not going to give you any detail on this, but this just recently happened to me that I had two people from 20 years ago in my life call me separately. I don't even know that they know each other. One called, and as I remember him and have kept up with him, there's a lot of pride involved. And, and very sadly, his life is not uh, desirable at all right now. There's a lot, of, a lot of broken things, missing things, lacking things. And yet still, he had everything just really just kind of had this basis of pride. About a week later, I get a call from another guy uh, that I've known for a long time, but we've not had contact, not on purpose, we've just not had contact. And he's in ministry, the other one was, and he's in ministry, and I don't know that his ministry could be going any better than it is. And he called me to humble himself and to apologize to me for something that happened 22 years ago. And I got to thinking about it because I'd re relayed these calls to Alicia and I told her, I said, it's interesting to me, it strikes me. I think Holy Spirit just prompted something to me. That the one, that one of the issues is pride. There's a lot of broken things. And the one who, things are going well, incredibly well humbled himself still. And I think it's an important thing that we grab hold of the importance of humility and us being able to resist pride out of our lives. So if you're with me so far, say something. Let, let's talk a little bit about pride and what are some of the things that pride does. Here's some signs of pride, some symptoms of pride. When you're proud, and, and again, you may have learned this and had this model, but you need to understand this shows a symptom of pride if you interrupt other people. If you interrupt other people, I know you're not saying amen because you, you didn't want to interrupt me, but. <laughs> now, sometimes we, that was modeled, we're excited, whatever, but this is what happens when you interrupt somebody. You're saying, be quiet, be quiet right now because what I have to say is more important than what you're saying. Now, sometimes it's careless and sometimes it's patterns, but I want you to know that if this were an actual physical disease and you did that in the presence of a doctor, a doctor would say, you got it bad. You know, and, and they, will, they would want to treat you right away for this hubris. But it's an important thing that we honor and value and respect and humble ourselves around other people that when they're speaking, we'll allow them to speak. Of course, there's always times where you need to step in. You need to say something. You don't let somebody exhaust you for three and a half hours, you know, blathering on about something. But we're talking about, you know, respectful conversation here. Here's another thing that proud people do. They button line, they cut in on traffic. Uh, they ignore people. They rush past people. We could go on and on. I have some other things on the list, but I'm trying to get to some weightier matters here. And here's another thing they do. They talk loudly about themselves. And you know what? Nobody really wants to hear about you from you. Unless we ask you. But see, a lot of times we want to clear the agenda so we can talk about us. 
And you need to know it does not fare well. It does not come across good. Proverbs 27 verse 2 says this, Let another man praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. If you do something good, you don't have to go tell everybody. Can you imagine how gross it would be if after every service I went to the door and said, was I awesome today or what? (laughs) High five me. (laughs) Woo. (laughs) But if you do something good, I mean, even if you cook a meal good. Or whatever you did, you had, you know, you play old man basketball and you had a shot. Let somebody ask you how you did. Let somebody else say, man, he was awesome. That was fabulous. Whatever it would be. But we need to let another man praise you, not, not your own lips, because it's very unbecoming. Let me just throw this in. And, and when we're confronted with things, a lot of times pride will make excuses. Pride makes excuses. Humility makes adjustments. Now, in Daniel chapter 5, verse 20, it says, when your heart gets lifted up, it hardens your spirit and it hardens your mind. So when you get pride in your life, here's what's going to start to happen. And again, compare this with a medical condition. You know, if you have something that hardens the arteries or actually causes the, the actual membranes of an organ to harden, you know, that's a very dangerous thing. But when your heart is lifted up, it hardens your spirit, it hardens your mind. Obadiah 1.3. How many of you read in Obadiah this week? It's in there though. Obadiah 1.3. It says that when there's pride in your heart, you deceive yourself. When there's pride in your heart, you're wide open for uh, deception. Now, James 4.6. Big verse right here. James 4.6. It says, but he, God, gives more grace. Therefore, he says, watch this. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud. Say it with me. God resists the proud. He arranges himself against. He opposes. Guess what? In my life, in your life, I need the help of God. I don't need God to stiff arm me. I don't don't need God to oppose me or what I'm trying to do. And this is his word. This is law here. The God resists the proud. He arranges himself against. He opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. What does grace do? It helps us. I said it helps us. How many of you need grace in your life? Well, let me give you a little clue here. Here's a principle from this verse. Humility releases grace. Humility releases grace. And guess what? Not just with God. Humility will release grace with other people. If you'll humble yourself to other people, they will release grace. They'll be gracious to you. They're more inclined to forgive you, to help you, to to work with you when you humble yourself. Anybody still here? All right. Now, Proverbs 29, verse 23. Watch this. A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. In Luke 14, 11, it says this, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Again, the way up is down. So follow this again. Pride will bring you what? 
It'll bring you down. If you lift yourself up, where are you going? You're going down. If you lower yourself, you'll be brought up. Who will bring you up? God will bring you up. You'll find favor with God. You'll find favor with man if you humble yourself. Now, humility, and please get this, humility is not bad posture. See, some people, you need to be more humble. Okay, I will. I didn't say be a slouch. It's just to be humble. Part of it has to do is that you, you don't deny who you are, what you have. How many, let's clear this up. How many of you know what you're good at? Okay, I'm going to try it again. How many of you know what you're good at? You'd better. You need to know what you're good at. How many of you know what you're not good at? Okay. How many? See, everybody, oh, I'm the whore, you know. And you should have a balance on, on, on the two. How many of you know that anything you're good at, you wouldn't even have a clue on if it wasn't for the grace and the help of God? Okay. And see, that kind of separates it out a little bit. So it's not, I'm really good at this. That's gross. I said, that's gross. And yet people are talking about it all the time. I read, read a, I was looking at some illustrations on this. How many of you remember Reggie Jackson, baseball player? What do we remember about him? Home run. What else do we remember? Mr. October. What else do we remember? Prideful. He was suspended from the team for a while. I think it was the A's. He was suspended for a while. And um, they said, and he was coming back from the suspension. And it was because he would not comply with the coach, would not comply with leadership, would not comply with anything because he was Mr. October. He was Mr. Baseball. He was Mr. This. And so they said, so during your time off, what occupied your mind? And he said, how great I am. How great I am. You know, I don't care how good you are at baseball then. That just kind of takes it away. I put this on the high call TV thing too, Muhammad Ali. What do we know him for? For boxing. What else? He's been running his mouth. Who do you like to talk about? Himself. Very, very prideful in his day. I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt now. But he was on an airplane, it is told, and the flight attendant says, uh, Sir, you're going to have to buckle your seatbelt. And he looked up at her and he said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. She didn't hesitate and she said, Superman don't need no airplane either. Buckle up. Okay? But you exalt yourself. Exalt yourself and you'll be humbled. Humble yourself, you'll be exalted. Know this. It is better to humble yourself than to be humbled. One way or another, you're going to arrive there. Did you know that one day every knee shall bow? Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. You know what that means? That means one day everybody, everybody, everybody is going to humble themselves before God. Everybody will. I think it's better to do it now than to arrive at the judgment and go, oh, wow, I was wrong. Oh, wow, why did I hang out with such eggheads that 
Y'all with me? All right. Let's we've got a couple more things here. God places high value on humility. High value. If you read in scripture, it's a huge idea throughout scripture that God places high value on humility. And God strongly opposes pride. Actually, the scripture says he hates it. It also says it's an abomination to God. Do you know what an abomination is? You ready for this? Utterly disgusting. It's utterly disgusting to God. Do you know what Proverbs 6, among other places, tells us? That he hates, get ready for this, a haughty look. Now listen to me. You need to check yourself in the mirror. And don't fall into the trap of our culture today. In our culture today, it is to have this some kind of look on your face. That you're all that. And you know what? You're not all that. And I'm not all that. He's all that. And God said, I don't like that. He said, I hate it. God said that. Well, God's old. God is eternal. And God hates it. And you know, I don't like it in sports. I don't like it in entertainment. I don't like that people, you know, they, they just will show no expression, just kind of this proud, prideful, haughty mug. God hates it. God hates it. And one of the reasons is this is an expressive part of you that God put on you. And as believers, we're to have what I call countenance control. And we're to be people that are rejoicing, people that have kindness in our eyes and on our face, that we're approachable to other people because of our face. And you could tell something by a person. You could tell something by a person by their billboard. Amen. Now, I won't take the time to read this right now, but King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar, let me just read you part of this here. He looked out across the city and he said, look at this great city of Babylon. By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display my majestic splendor. And while he was talking... God spoke and said, it's not yours anymore. You're off the throne. And he said, and you're going to go nuts until this thing turns around. He said, I'm going to take it all away from you. And he ended up eating grass, sleeping in the dew. His nails grew out. His hair became matted until, until he looked up. And acknowledged that God was God and he began to honor and praise God. And here's the thing. Pride brings destruction, but humility brings restoration. Pride brings destruction, but humility brings restoration. In James 4.10, and we're just going to go a minute longer here. It says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Listen to me. You humble you. You humble you. Where? In the sight of the Lord. Here's where I think it all begins. You ready? You ready? You before the Lord. I think that when you're humble, you worship. I think one of the reasons we don't worship individually, independently, is because... Well, one, one thing the devil doesn't want us to, but sometimes it's because of pride. And the best, and all of us are prone toward pride. 
I've got a big day. I can handle it. I can do this. You cannot. You're running the tread off your life. Your stomach is eating your stomach. You're not breathing right. Your blood pressure is not where it should be. You're not as creative as you should be. He, the creator bring, breathed life into you. And we're not as creative as we should be. We're not a blessing to others like we should be. We're way more irritable than we should be. And you know why? Because we're carrying things that we should say, I can't carry this. I'm too weak to carry this. God is God. He's my burden bearer. He's, the, he's my need meter. And I believe it starts, and I'm not making doctrine out of this, but there's plenty of scripture for this. I think it starts with bowing before a holy God every morning. Bow before a holy God and tell him, you are God and I'm not. And you got me through the night. I couldn't get myself through the night. You got me through the night. And to humble yourself. I don't have anything except it comes from you. I can't go through this day without you. Oh, I might make it. But I need you in this day. And exalt Jesus and to tell him he is Lord. And thank him for all that he's done for you. Because I'm going to tell you something. The humble are grateful. The humble are grateful. That's one of the symptoms of humility is that gratitude is coming out of your heart and it's coming out of your mouth and you're thanking God. And then humility is also this. It's acknowledging your source. So if somebody tells you you're awesome, you say, well, God is good. Somebody tells you you got a nice house, a nice car, nice teeth, nice voice. God's been good to me. We don't have to say, you know, I think so too. Love to show you around. You see my biceps. You know, it just gets ridiculous. And I'm, and I'm being ridiculous about it here. But I'm telling you, every good and every perfect gift, everything you have in your life, all blessings come from him. And the humble are grateful. They're grateful. They're grateful. And I think you need to start your day thanking him, honoring him, bowing before him. I don't want to bow. It's, a, it's an act of humility. I said it's, a, it's an act of humility. And it's a healthy, healthy thing for you. First Peter says that we're to be clothed with humility for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Be clothed with humility. Let me tell you, it's your best look. That's what you should wear. That's the best thing I ever saw anybody wear is humility. And remember, humility is not bad posture and it's not beat down and it's not all droopy and everything. I know I am nothing. He is everything. I am nothing. That's not what God wants from you. God wants you to acknowledge every good thing that is in you and acknowledge where it came from and to care about other people and to slow down and don't interrupt people. And will you do this too? This is a very practical thing. If you call somebody, don't just start with your story. When you call somebody, greet them and then ask them this simple question. Is this a good time? Do you have time? Rather than just, boy, have I got a story for you and you just just plow in. And you need to honor people around you. Thank people around you. Don't butt in line with, in front of people. Open doors for folks. Guess what? Sometimes we're fighting so hard to get something. Fighting so hard to get something and we never get it. Sometimes we need to just give way to it. And you know what? God will put it in your hands. The other day in traffic, some guy in some souped up car could not have gotten closer to the back of my car. And I was not going to get a ticket for him. I said I was not going to get a ticket for him. So I stayed right there where I was. There was another car just a little ahead of me. And he's just 
trying to get through, trying to get through, just doing all this, finally cut through. And then when we get to a red light, guess what? I'm right by him again. Light turns green, guess who crossed the line first? And you know what? There's just so many things. We've, we fight for this. I, I got to cut in front of them. I got to do this. How about slow down, honor God, trust God, humble yourself, honor some other people, hold a door after you please. Don't think more highly of ourselves and, and try to pack everything in for ourselves. The way up is down. Humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift us up. Scripture says that Moses was the most humble man on the planet. In, in Numbers 12, 3, it says, Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. And you know what? And during his day, he was the most used of God. He was humble. He was gentle. He was kind. And let me just, let me just kind of conclude with this tonight. If you're in pride about where you are in life, look at me, you can go no farther. God will not take you farther. If you're in pride about what you have in life, God cannot give you anything else. Humility is like, it's like fuel. And when you run out of humility, guess what? You can't go any further. Now, you might coast a little bit, But don't deceive yourself. Humility is the fuel. Stop pushing through life. Stop cutting in front of people, cutting off people, ignoring God, doing all of these things. Let's humble ourselves. It's ultimate trust and worship in God. Humble ourselves. And I want you to watch what God will do. He said, you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. The way up is down. And let's humble ourselves. Let's put God up. Let's put people up. Add value to God add value to people, honor by humbling yourself. And I'm telling you what, God loves it. God loves it, but he hates pride. We're going to continue on this a little bit more um, next week. Look at some aspects of both humility and pride. This was kind of a, uh, a summary introduction to get into us. But how many of you know that humility is way better than pride? And, and humble people, guess what? Humble people are more happy. Humble people are always grateful. And humble people, you're going to see God at work in their life. Amen. Do you get anything at all out of this tonight? Thank you, Lord.